number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a CAM bus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I'm glad you're here. Happy Thursday, April 20th, 420. LOL, get your jokes out now. Um, a lot to catch up on, um, really a lot to discuss today. I know there's not really a ton to catch up on. Had the Women's National Championships over the weekend where Iowa's Bella Murr made the U-20 world team, Hawkeyes as a whole, had a uh, tremendous, tremendous tournament, I thought at least. Um, wrote about that quite a bit over the weekend. Wrote about it again later this week. Um, lots of good stuff. Lots of good vibes going on when it comes to girls and women's wrestling here in the state of Iowa. Um, but on today's show, going to talk about some rule proposals. NCAA Wrestling Rules Committee proposed a handful of different rules at its annual meeting in Indianapolis this week. Um, among them... Uh, three-point takedowns, um, writing time point modification, video review changes, um, host of other things, just a lot of really interesting stuff um, that were on that's on the docket for them um, was released more or less yesterday, sent uh, wrestling Twitter into a frenzy, sent a lot of um, interesting conversations um, just on the bird. Um, with wrestling folks, I texted a handful of coaches. I was talking to a few people that I know, just kind of, hey, how do we feel about this? What are we thinking? Um, and so for today's show, I actually called up my buddy Earl Smith, Intermat site editor, lead writer, NWMA journalist of the year, um, to just discuss these rules because um, I thought they were interesting. Um, I think a lot of them are, you know, to be honest, I'm not even sure how I feel about most of them. I, I had spent um, a good chunk of yesterday and even again this morning, um, just kind of running through my head, just kind of, you know, hey, uh, what does a three-point takedown really mean? What is the riding time modification? What's the end goal here? What is that going to do? There's, there's a, you know, a, a note in there about medical forfeits. Um, you know, the video review seems to be inching its way closer to what Freestyle does for their video reviews. Um, host of other things that Earl and I were able to get into. It's a really fun, lengthy conversation. And as you guys will notice when you listen to it, um, we're still not sure exactly what to think. We think generally most of these rule changes are pretty good. Um, but there's just there's just so much that we don't know yet. And I think there's a lot of this that we still need to see in practice. But called up my buddy Earl, hopped on today's podcast to just kind of discuss the rules, just kind of initial reaction. What do we think? Unintended consequences, good, bad, this, that, and the next. Um, and just kind of riffed on some of these things that, you know, we were initially thinking about as we were reading through some of these rule proposals. And that's an important uh, aspect to, to understand, too, is that they're just proposals. Nothing is set in stone yet. Um, there is still a process to, um, you know, potentially getting these instituted at the NCAA wrestling level. So um, we'll jump into that conversation now. Earl and I go for about an hour just kind of going back and forth. Some, you know, what do we like? What do we not like? How do we feel about this? What's the, what has it led to in terms of just overall conversation? Um, 
you know, it, it was a really, really fun conversation. I love uh, talking to Earl. He's like-minded like me that we, uh, you know, both really love folk style wrestling, um, you know, but we also really appreciate and love freestyle wrestling. And, um, you know, that's kind of part of the conversation here that maybe these rule proposals um, jump started at least online and, and especially in some other circles that I know that I've been a part of. So we'll jump to that conversation now um, with Earl Smith from Intermat discussing some NCAA wrestling rule proposals. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation and I will see you on the other side to wrap up. As promised, the one, the only site editor reigning NWMA Wrestling Journalist of the Year, Earl Smith from Intermat, here to talk about the new NCAA rule proposals. Um, Earl, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going great. Uh, I, I like the intro as, as detailed. Um, now, this is this is my favorite time of year uh, from a journalistic perspective. Um, I think I've told you this before, but during the season, it seems like it's it's kind of the same thing. It's a grind, rinse and repeat. You're kind of doing the same thing. So I feel like now we got some freedom to kind of spread our wings and be creative and do stuff you don't get to do during the season. So I like this time of year. Yeah. And in this particular situation, what you know, on today's show, like discussing things that maybe we don't always get to discuss during the season. I feel like there's a lot of rules discourse over the course of the season, but now that there are actually like, and what we're going to talk about today, NCAA rules committee came out with some proposals, NCAA wrestling rules committee, some new proposals. Um, nothing is, nothing is set in stone right now, but the proposals released yesterday, a lot of interesting online discussion, a lot of interesting, um, conversations I think I had with some wrestling coaches, again, merely proposals that were released yesterday by the NCAA wrestling rules committee annual meeting in Indianapolis. Um, coaches have a couple of weeks to kind of review the proposals and submit some feedback. And then June 8th, NCAA playing rules oversight panel will meet um, again. I believe in Indianapolis, they'll discuss this further. And that's, I believe when they're going to vote on these rule proposals and if they're voted on in their past, they go into effect next season. Um, a lot of different things that we're going to get into today. Um, there's a few right off the top that I really kind of want to dig in with you, Earl, just kind of get your perspective on things, how you feel about things. We both watched a lot of wrestling, and I think there's no better place to start than the headline grabber, and that's the three-point takedown. Um, how do we feel about it? Just right off the top. Right off the top, this was something that, I don't know, for years I feel like they've needed to do or I've wanted this to uh, you know go into implementation so um, you know obviously the the goal is to try to get more offense going get uh, both guys wrestling more so um, you know having a, a higher reward for getting a takedown which is you know very difficult to do in college wrestling I I'm all for that um, you know now we just kind of have to move into the unintended consequences or uh, I think I said risk reward. Are these guys going to say, okay, well, you know, if I miss on this shot, it's going to be a three nothing deficit. You know, is it worth it for me risking it? So, you know, do we see more offense like we would hope? Um, but I, and I know you did a good job yesterday of uh, kind of putting it actually out on paper, what it can look like when you get three takedowns and three escapes and then the guy who got taken down three times starts on bottom, gets another escape in the second period, and 
you know, it's a really tight match when on when in reality it was not a close match. So it's kind of cool seeing those situations being lessened. Yeah, I think there's, you know, I, I think the simple part of this is like, you know, kind of like you were alluding to, you know, and, and we'll we'll keep it simple here. Like the current rule set, you know, two takedowns and two escapes in the first period would have a wrestler in theory up four to two. Um, losing wrestler, let's say, chooses down in the second, they escape four, three, you know, two takedowns to none, and it's only a one point match. Um, we can get into the discussion about, you know, folk style wrestling being, you know, I, I, I keep calling it a three phase sport, right? You kind of have to generally be pretty good at all three, um, you know, but, and, and I think, I think the three point takedown by literally the math, like eliminates that possibility, right? Like that's like, I mean, think about it this way, like two takedowns in the first period, in theory, it's four to two, but then, you know, the other guy scores a takedown at the end of the first, right? So it's two takedowns to one, but it's four, four, um, three point takedown, I think eliminates that. And I think that, you know, cause then you're looking at, you know, three to two, if it's two takedowns and two escapes, and then the other guy scores a takedown in six, five. So the guy that scores two takedowns has a lead at the end of the first period. If that same scenario with the three point takedown, I think ultimately like scenarios like that, or the math like that, is what talked me into this yesterday. Like, I think I'm cool with the three point takedown. Um, what's really going to drive me bonkers is that literally no other level of wrestling has a three point takedown. So like, what does this mean for the trickle down effect? Um, if this were to pass, um, there was also like part of my skepticism as I was trying to talk myself into it yesterday is like, does increasing the takedown by a single point really incentivize more offense? Um, like that's, I don't know. I, that, that's a part of me that maybe I'm still kind of grappling with that a little bit. Like, does, you know, like if I, does it do, like, are, are we sure that it's going to incentivize more offense? Cause I think there's a lot of people that thought the four point near fall would do the same thing. And I'm not exactly sure that it has. If you look at wrestling by and large, like it's easy to be like, yeah, like, you know, quick tilts and, you know, people here in Iowa have been watching Spencer Lee for years, just do that. Um, and your four point takedown or four point near falls, you know, they build it as a game changer. Um, and in some cases it was, but I don't know that it was like across the board. Are we sure a three point takedown could do the same thing or what are some, what are some unintended consequences? What are we worried about most here? Yeah. I mean, just in general, kind of, I don't know, inflating the same score. Um, you know, I've seen people say about how soccer is the most universally watched sport on the planet and, you know, a goal is going to be worth one. So, you know, it's not saying, you know, I don't know, the first goal is worth two or something like that. So um, I, I'm kind of skeptical as well. Uh, what I also, what I do like is now you're you're getting a guy in the match at the end, uh, you know, seven-point lead uh, is not necessarily safe if you're going feet to back, uh, you know, Hail Mary type uh, move at the end of the match. You know, hopefully that uh, I don't know, opens things up a little bit. But as you said, I think <clears throat> for your guys that are offensively minded, you know, it's going to work to their benefit. But a guy that's, you know, defensive and we see, you know, generally wins three to two matches, four to two and sudden victory, you know, they're, they're going to wrestle the same sort of style. So um, I like it. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily going to, pack the house at every dual meet like um you know some people say it's gonna grow the sport i don't know if that's the case but uh i think it's a good step in the right direction yeah 
and I think this is one of those things where it could be a while to maybe see, you know, how does this change? Because if you, you know, you if you do give up two takedowns in the first period, like that's obviously going to change how you're going to wrestle the rest of the match because you can't just score that takedown at the end of the first and tie it. Um, so I am kind of curious to, you know, okay, what does, what, what, what are the future ramifications? Um, you know, cause I don't, I don't know. And I'm still, you know, I, th- I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I also wonder like, you know, the highest level of the sport, and we'll probably get into this because I think by and large, a lot of these rules, the, the idea behind a lot of these rules is trying to increase more offensive action which is basically like a veil cover up for we want it to be more like freestyle um and maybe that's kind of a larger big picture takeaway of a lot of these rule proposals is that they're kind of tiptoeing around freestyle without just like jumping in the pool um and i think a lot of people would prefer to have freestyle but that's maybe a different conversation but i i don't know like i i wonder i just i don't know i don't know i don't know um and I, I just, I wonder, you know, if the NCAA does pass these things, you know, obviously it's in effect for D one, two, three, does NAI follow suit immediately? Does the NFHS follow suit immediately? Um, and then I think about the highest level of the sport, right? The senior level Olympic stuff, like the U S open is next week. Um, like we're talking about, and we've always been talking about for people who have been paying attention, fundamentally two different sports, folk style versus freestyle slash Greco. Um, like I, Maybe it's a good thing that it's different than freestyle in that sense. Um, a three-point takedown. Um, I don't know. I I when it comes to the three-point takedown, I've talked myself into the math. Um how yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it'll be an immediate good thing. Um, and maybe that's just the thought that I'm trying to get across. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a bad thing, and I do think it's a general step in the right direction. Um yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of people that also maybe thought that a step out and this is the folk style freestyle thing a step out would kind of be the yin to a three-point takedown yang like that's they needed to come together and i don't know exactly how i feel about that a step out was not part of these new rule proposals um personally that's a little too much freestyle for my folk style and that kind of gets to the idea of like tiptoeing around the freestyle pool just at that point just jump in you know, like if we're going to adopt a step out rule, just jump in. Um, I don't know. Any any other additional thoughts to add to the potential three point takedown? Yeah, and, and we'll probably get into it later with one of the other proposals. But I do like there being kind of a clear delineation between folk style and freestyle with, you know, mat wrestling and control. And, and again, we'll probably get into that. hundred percent. Well, and that's, you know, maybe that kind of, that leads into the second rule proposal. Um, a writing time modification. Um, and we'll kind of circle through all of these and um, have that larger discussion. But writing time modification, um, essentially, you can only score your writing time point if you have a minute of writing time and you've also scored near fall in any capacity. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of writing time, but like if you have to incentivize the top guy to score back points, um, to earn that additional point, I'm in. Sign me up. I I think this one's pretty straightforward, and I think it's really smart. Yeah, I do too. And and you know, there's people that just hate hate writing time, and uh, I don't think I'm that far in that camp. But uh, I do think that there was something that needs to be done to 
you know, it'd make make it a little more watchable on the mat. Um, again, I like folk style. Um, I like, you know, that mat wrestling is an aspect. You know, it's it's not necessarily as sexy as some of the stuff you can do on your feet, but I do think it's in, important to have. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I don't know just because, you know, generally in these matches where it kind of made a difference, um, you know, I don't know, Carter Storacci isn't turning Kai Lewis, you know, so um, I, I don't know. Could, could they be, could these matches work out differently now? Maybe. Um, I, I think the, in, a, in a general sense, I, I do like the idea of the rule. Yeah. And I, I think the general, you know, thinking big picture about like, what are the immediate and what are the long term? Um, I think this one's pretty simple. Um, obviously you, you, your top guide needs to work toward a turn. And I think wrestlers will either know in the immediate, like short term, whether or not they can do that. And that is going to change a lot of match strategy. Like, do you want to spend a lot of time holding this guy down for, you know, maybe you get a quick two count. And if you do, congrats, you get your third point for writing time. Um, it could also be a game changer in the fact like another, okay, let's another part of, We'll get well. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, you know, if you get the four point in your fall um, plus your riding time, there's five points in in theory. Um, I I generally like it. Um, and wrestlers who can't do that, um, you know, are they going to? Is it a quicker like release? Are they going to give the escape? Are they just going to pick neutral? Are they going to pick top or bottom or mat wrestling at all? Um, it's interesting how much the riding time conversation, and maybe this is more recent. Um, has made me start to think of like folk style as a concept and how it truly is kind of a three phase sport. Whereas like freestyle, like obviously there's parterre involved and gut wrenches and leg laces. And those things are very important. Um, but folk style, like you generally have to be good in all three. And while I'm not a, you know, top bottom neutral. And while I'm not generally a fan of riding time, um, I do appreciate, I'm like you, I, I'm, I'm a folk style fan. I'm a freestyle fan, but I'm also a huge folk style fan. Like I think there's something to the idea of like writing your opponent, not so that you can get the writing time point, but so that you can literally like, there's something to a grown ass man ride. Like I'm not letting you get out. I'm not letting you get that point. And I feel like there's a lot of discourse and maybe this kind of tangentially related to the three point takedown. I, people think escapes are gimmies. They are not <laughs> like, there's something to be said about getting out from underneath another grown ass man um, or being able to hold another grown ass man down. And so maybe that's, you know, congrats, you scored a point for that. But like, I don't know. I think there's also something to be said about working toward putting another grown ass man in danger, which is, I think, the point of this writing time modification. And like I said, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I The other part of, you know, top bottom wrestling that comes out of um, these new rule proposals is the proposal for a potential three point near fall. Um, it sounds like it's an addition. So the idea is if you hold your opponent in danger, two swipes is two backs, three swipes is three, four is four. Um, you know, you talk about guys going for home runs late in matches, a three point takedown plus, you know, three swipes. I mean, that could be six points in the blink of, you know, four seconds in theory. Um, you know, you talk about potential late match 
chain like absolute game changers like i think those two rules invite you know and let's say that man you know if you take if i take you down in the last five seconds and hold you for three count i mean that's three points for a takedown three points for the near fall and if i just so happen to have a point for riding time boom i got that too like that's i i like that combination of of rule proposals i'm a fan of that i don't like i i don't know any how do you how do you feel about the riding time modification along with the potential new rule fall proposals like near fall proposals like there's i i think there's a lot of good things that could come out of this yeah it definitely has the potential to to make some exciting matches exciting strategies and um you know end of end of match end of sequences uh like that so uh i'm optimistic about it um i at the three point near fall i feel like that kind of should have been a thing already maybe i can say that about a bunch of these <laughs> rule changes but, you know with the the two swipes than the five or the four so yeah why not absolutely how it, i do we think because i get it like there are there are people who are casual wrestling fans or not diehard wrestling fans like you and i who may watch matches and may watch matt wrestling specifically and think wtf like what in the world are we watching um my hope is that this these the combination of these rules makes that a little bit more exciting or at the very least like wrestlers who are not very exciting or not very effective on top or bottom obviously they're probably going to wrestle on their feet more that might be more of a longer term thing as people kind of get more used to these rules if they do pass um but what do you like is is will these help make matt wrestling exciting like these particular proposals um i mean i think it's kind of in the eye of the beholder where there there are some people that just aren't gonna like it and that's you know hardened fans that are that are kind of freestyle centric um i don't think you're really gonna make them happy um as far as matt wrestling goes um you know unless people are just getting turned left and right um but in in a general sense it has the potential to um you know i (laughs) I always laugh when we have, you know, rules and, and policies and whatever, and and it'll it'll take some time before we see everything implemented and see coaches and wrestlers finding a way to kind of circumvent the rules or create different strategies. So um, I'm anxious to see how how it actually plays out and how they choose to you know work around these rules. But it does have the potential to um, you know make it more exciting. Um, I kind of one of my drawbacks just in general, and you said, you know, maybe other uh, organizations will jump aboard is, you know, there are a lot of fans that kind of just focus on high school um, that, you know, come and watch a match and you kind of have to, okay, here's riding time and this is kind of what happened. So just adding another layer of uh, different rules between the two can lead to some sort of confusion at least a little bit which makes me wonder like if if a handful or all or some or even one of these rule proposals change like what is the trickle down effect right because like obviously all ncaa schools will have to do this but you know what does that mean for naia what does that mean for junior college what is that obviously for high school um you know that's obviously a huge part of of the conversation i think um and maybe that's 
maybe a conversation more worth having after June 8th when we find out what actually does get passed. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 becoming more. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of coaches who have told me that like high school wrestling, college wrestling are essentially two different games. And this is going to kind of make it a little bit more so some of these proposals, at least. Um, but yeah, I just I, I wonder about those things. And those were some of the things that came to my mind yesterday as I was reading through these. Um, any final thoughts on new near fall riding time before we move to another one that I'm kind of excited about? Go ahead. Uh, the video review basically allows refs to review an entire sequence for all calls or missed calls um, and a sequence defined like coaches must challenge, you know, basically when the alleged issue that they want review um, to whenever, you know, a ref believes that a match that had stopped or a sequence should have stopped. Um, You know, another part of this particular rule is that there's a penalty for a delayed challenge request. It would just result in a loss of a video review as opposed to currently. And I didn't realize this result in a loss of a team point for a control of Matt violation. Um, I'm glad we're getting away from at least this proposal. I'm glad it proposes that we're getting away from taking away more team points because I think that's silly. Um, But this to me. I'm curious what you think. Sounds a lot like what the freestyle review basically is. And that's, you know, look at the whole thing and then make a call. And so maybe that's not the exact interpretation, but it seems like it's pretty close to it. I don't know. How do you feel about the re- the video review proposal? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a great idea. Just, uh, you know, seeing it, seeing it in practice or seeing this in effect and seeing, you know, sometimes where something good happens and we have to cut that out because we're just focused on that first locking hands and, you know, nothing else happens after that or, you know, whatever the, whatever the review is. So um, it seems kind of like common sense to me to, to make it like it is in freestyle or how they propose. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, I think of, of all the things that freestyle does really well, that we should implement in folk style. I felt like this was kind of the first thing that should be on, you know, the quote unquote ballot. Um, I also understand that it's probably not super feasible because when you think about it, like freestyle has three refs, right? You got your center chair and judge. And then realistically, you've got that fourth ref just kind of chilling off to the side and is there for the review because that's what freestyle is. It's an independent review. The fourth ref looks at it and then they determine a call and that's the call. Um, I would like to see that in folk style. I think this is a step in that direction, um, even though it's not an independent, I guess in this case, third ref that's looking at whatever the sequence was. It's just the same two refs who are kind of looking at the full sequence and making a call. Um, I do wonder, though, like I, we're talking about unintended consequences of things that might hold us back from some of these proposals. Um, you know, if they look at a whole sequence, is it going to be similar to where like you know, like if, if they look at a whole sequence, like, are they going to look at literally the whole sequence? Or like, if, you know, I challenge one specific thing, is that all they're going to look at and still look at the whole sequence? And, you know, if they change that one thing, do they go back and look at time, which, you know, smart, maybe not, I don't know. Um, You know, I do wonder what some of the unintended consequences of this video review are going to be, even though I do generally like the rule, like I'm not, what, what are negatives that you think could maybe come out of this? Yeah, I'm hoping it isn't like the NFL and uh, you know catches. And, what it what is and, a catch? <laughs> yeah, what is a catch? I mean, you, you and I can watch it and see, and this is a catch. This isn't a catch. But when you slow it down to super slow mo, and you know maybe the ball moved just 
ever so slightly as he hit his elbow on the ground or something like that. So um, I don't know. We we can we know these calls when we see them, you know, for the most part. So I don't want it to be, uh, you know, micromanaging of exactly what a takedown is, and uh, you know, he had it for a split second. Does it count? Does it count? Uh, you know, I don't I don't want that to creep into wrestling. Yeah, I think common sense is is making more of its way into a lot of these calls. At least that's the hope. Um, but hey, man, like even even as a football fan, like I remember watching the Super Bowl and obviously I had an emotional investment in that particular game. But there were a lot of catches, air quotes, that the Eagles had that I thought by the rule book probably weren't, even though like. I'll be honest, if I was watching that game and the Chiefs weren't playing, like, yeah, it's probably a catch, you know, like that's I don't know. Like it's I feel like this could also be one of those where it's like. I'm not sure what the unintended consequences are going to be or what any pitfalls or issues might be until we see them, which is like not always the smartest way to go about things. But maybe when it comes to video review, you kind of have to see what it looks like first. And then when you see an issue, address the issue. Um I don't know. Maybe that's not the smartest way to go about rule implementation, but this this could be one of those things where it's kind of like, all right, let's let's see it, you know? Because it clearly, I mean, it's worked out for freestyle, right? And, and what you were talking about kind of reminded me of how uh, a couple of years ago in the NFL, you had the playoff pass interference, and I think it went against the Saints, and everybody was losing their minds. So then the rule was you could challenge pass interference. And then we saw it in practice. We're like, no, this is, this is horrible. Yeah. It went away after one year. Like it was like, stop this. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I I guess if, if we institute this, it goes through and it's a disaster, you know, hopefully it doesn't, you know, screw anybody up majorly at the NCAA tournament or something, but uh, you know, we can common sense can prevail and say, you know, we don't need to do all of this. That could apply to quite literally any and all of these proposals, which is maybe the fun part. (laughs) Um, Speaking of common sense things, I know there was one other big one that I wanted to discuss, um, but there's another small one that I think makes a lot of sense that maybe we should have discussed at the beginning, but no more hand touch takedowns. Um, Do we like that? Are we good with it? How do we feel about it? Uh, I'm pretty, I'm I'm good with it. Um, You know, I I think sometimes it's silly seeing it. Uh, you know, ever so slightly hand touch, you know, behind them takedown. Yeah, I'm good with uh, getting rid of that. I'm, I'm. That's that's another one of those rules where it's like, you know, the idea behind folk style, and we touched on this with the riding time and near fall thing, is about control, like controlling your opponent, controlling them on the mat. Um, there, I tell you what, man, there's a lot of instances where there were hand touch takedowns, especially at like Big Ten and NCAA championships, where it's like. I'm not sure he had control there, but by the book, that was two. And so like, I don't like that call, but I get it. And I think this might eliminate a few of those scenarios. Um, This one seems pretty straightforward. I'm not sure what other unintended consequences there would be. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I like it. I just, you know, get control, control your opponent. Like if you want points, control your opponent. Um, I guess, I guess the other unintended consequence would just be, making it harder to score um but again at, at the same time i don't i don't love just artificially inflating scoring just for the hell of it yeah like just because it's the uh, yeah i agree with you 100 um last big one that i wanted to talk to you about and then we'll um 
then we'll run through some of the other smaller proposals that were here. Um, medical forfeits, which tends to be a big conversation um, in wrestling circles, or at least it has in recent years. Um, new proposal here, which I thought was super fascinating. The first medical forfeit of a tournament would count as a loss on a, on a wrestler's record. And the only exception would be that if the medical forfeit occurs immediately after an injury default. Um, yay or nay? Yay. Um, you know, as, as someone who was uh, kind of talking to a lot of people throughout this year and, uh, you know, a lot of people upset about medical forfeits and, and stuff like that. So I like that it's uh, people are thinking about ways to address it. And um, I don't know if it, it necessarily will, but um, and I'm also wondering how it would work out. Um, I'm assuming if you're saying this is going to be a loss on the wrestler's record, you know, the NCA or the Big Ten Conference, whoever is going to take into account, you know, this is a loss when they're doing uh, seeding at the various events. Um, you know, whether it's just like, oh, we're throwing away that match, we're not counting it, or yes, it's a loss on his record, he's going to be dinged in the seeding process. Yeah, I wonder how that'll how that'll unfold because that's, you know, I don't know that this is going to stop certain coaches and wrestlers from, from medically forfeiting. Um, I think others will do it and just take the loss, but like, you know, like I'm thinking of an example where like wrestler a beats wrestler B in the quarterfinals of like CKLV or whatever. And they end up wrestling again in the third place match and wrestler a takes a medical forfeit like how do you judge actual you know when they wrestle an actual match i mean in, on paper they went one and one but like when they actually wrestled wrestler a won um but then when you know obviously wrestler b won and to take third over by medical forfeit i wonder how coaches will weigh that when it comes to ncaa or conference seating or something like that um and i think that'll dictate I mean, this first year, like we may see more people end up wrestling as opposed to taking medical forfeits. But I think like how the seating committee views maybe that particular situation, like I wonder how that will impact, assuming this rule passes, I wonder how much that will impact, you know, how people approach medical forfeits moving forward. Because I mean, the spirit of the rule, I like it. Um, I just wonder how how much coaches will just be like, screw it we don't care you know yeah yeah but i mean when you have i don't know let's say a spencer lee who you know you're rolling into a tournament assuming that he's probably going to crush everybody so you may not really care if he's the three seed or the four seed you know based on these medical forfeit losses so you know you have the guy everybody's looking to beat you know it really doesn't hurt you if you're the six seed or something like that but you know for the other guys that are not Spencer Lee's of the world, it definitely wouldn't help them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how this would affect tournament entries. And, you know, we've seen in a lot of tournaments have kind of their stars not wrestling anyways. Um, but I know there's sometimes, especially with open tournaments, where a coach will go into it saying, we want to see you two matches, Cody. You know, regardless, win, lose, whether you're wrestling you know, an NCAA champion, All-American, or a third-string guy, your third match, you're kind of out. Um, you know, how, how are they going to do that? Are they going to not wrestle him? Are they going to have him wrestle four matches? You know, how's that going to work out? 
Yeah, that'll be this. I think that's one of those where it's like, I think the more short term might impact what it means moving forward, you know, in, in terms of, you know, what do, you know, are we going to see a teams go to the CKLV? Are we going to see a teams go to the scuffle or the Midlands or the salute or, you know, all these various, you know, collegiate duels that journeyman's doing, like, are we going to see these a teams go out there or yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That'll be, that'll be really interesting. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's one of those. I, I like the spirit of the rule, but that'll be very curious to kind of see one, what happens if it does pass and two, um, how that first year, you know, impacts the way that coaches view it moving forward. Um, but I like that they're addressing it. I, I do, I can appreciate that. Um, those so are most of the, that's one thing. That's one thing. Uh, I'm going to Vegas for the open next week and I'm, I'm looking to forward to talking to some of these coaches off the record and their feelings about it and how they may handle it or not change what they're doing or, you know, whatever their feelings are about these. That sounds Especially like medical forfeit. Yeah. hundred percent. That sounds like a fantastic intermat article that people should be looking forward to. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we do a podcast after the open, like, Hey bro, what'd you, what'd you hear? Um, yeah, yeah I got all the scoop. Cause I tell, like I texted a few coaches yesterday just about like, Hey, like what's like general feeling? What do we think? What do we, and, and a lot of them were kind of like, I guess mostly erring on the side of caution. Cause like a lot of these, they, they kind of want to see it in practice first. Um, yeah. you know, and I think like the general, um, you know, the general vibe of the rules committee is that they, they kind of want to incentivize more offense. They want to obviously make the the product more exciting. Um, you know, I think that coming out of this past NCAA championships, um, viewership, at least on like traditional like TV was down. I'm not sure that we ever got like full streaming, whatnot. Um, you know, I'm not sure that we may ever get full streaming numbers, but like viewership for the sports crown jewel was down a little bit, despite some fantastic storylines all the way through the tournament. Um, and so what can we do to fix that? That seemed to be kind of, you know, the big picture idea through a lot of these rule proposals. Um, and so like a lot, you know, the, I'll also add, uh, you know, seeing some of these other sports where I feel like women's basketball was significantly uh, increased viewership. And uh, I think gymnastics was as well. Uh, I'm not sure what other sports um, out there, their numbers look like, but you definitely don't want to be on the decreasing side like we were. Yeah. And yeah. No, that's a really good point. Sports rising isn't, isn't a good sign. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point. I don't, I don't know kind of off topic here. I don't know that wrestling should compare themselves to women's basketball, but like the rise in viewership of say a volleyball or a gymnastics, um, you know, or like, I know that the, eventually the, the college baseball and softball world series are coming up. Like those, I, I, those are probably the sports wrestling should compare themselves to a little bit more. Cause like basketball is just so insanely mainstream. And I know women's basketball specifically in the WNBA aren't quite on par with, you know, men's basketball, um, in the NBA, um, you know, but yeah, like it's I, clearly women's basketball, women's collegiate basketball did something right this year. Um, you know, it helps when Caitlin Clark is draining logo threes. Um, but yeah, like that's, you know, gymnastics, obviously, like there's a lot of things going on there that contributed to viewership jumping. Um, you know, I'll be curious to kind of see what the numbers are for baseball, softball. Um, volleyball is, you know, I volleyball, at least I I remember, I remember reading like on Big Ten Network, um, you know, 
the last few years, wrestling has kind of been number three on Big Ten Network behind college football and men's basketball. I wonder with, you know, because volleyball in the Big Ten, it's another niche sport, but they're like those programs are so damn good, you know, with the help, you know, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Penn State, like a lot of really good women's volleyball teams. Um, you know, I wonder with just like Big Ten Network's continued investment in that sport, um, the rise obviously of women's college basketball with like Caitlin Clark and Indiana and Ohio State all being really, really good. Like, I wonder where wrestling's at on the pecking order. Like, are they still definitively number three? Or, you know, is it it were things juggled a little bit? Like I I wonder. I wonder what what it had looked like after this year because I know that the ASPN numbers weren't very promising. So that's a really good point too. Um, you know, just trying to do what we can to make the sport a little bit more exciting. Um, the other big picture thing, I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, um, before we get into some of these other smaller proposals that we can run through. Um, I don't know, man. It it seems like a lot of diehards like a lot of people just want freestyle is that is that i i don't know that i can picture the ncaa just doing that but like is it something maybe they just should just flat out consider as opposed to tiptoeing around all this stuff um i mean i think they should at least consider it um i would be in the no camp um i also think it's kind of uh i feel like the vocal minority uh, as far as the people that want to go all freestyle all the time. Um, and I think it's a lot of people that have kind of high level freestyle experience that are behind it rather than kind of the, the big masses of college wrestling fans. I could be wrong about that, but, uh, now it's, it's goofy when you have, um, you know, women's college wrestling, that's all freestyle. And then, men's college wrestling it's folk style it, it is kind of silly that you have two different styles like that yeah i i don't know man i'm with you like i i love folk style i think it's a fantastic product i think there's there's something to the idea of wrestling being that three-phase sport kind of alluded to like you generally kind of have to be pretty good in all three if you want to win matches um you know and i think we you know we were talking before we hit record here um you know, just um, yesterday I was trying to play around with the math in my head to see if I really liked the three point takedown, ultimately convinced myself that that it did. But just having some conversations with people about, you know, OK, like two takedowns in the first period with a three point versus a two point, you know, you're looking at like a six two lead. And then if you give up a takedown at the end, the guy that still scored two takedowns still has the lead going at, you know, after the first period. Um, and I think that math is ultimately like what did it for me, but then, you know, someone, per, you know, okay, what does it look like with two points? Like we've seen it before two takedowns takes a four, two lead. Um, and then the other guy scores a takedown for the end of the first and it's four, four, even though it's two takedowns to one, um, to which I would then argue like, okay, like you need to be better on the mat, you know, because clearly the other guy was good enough to get up and get escapes, whether or not they were gifted. Like those are points that, you know, you are giving up. Um, or points that the other guy is earning. And then he's able to score in such a way that you're not able to add your own escape. So four, four makes so much sense to me. Um, I don't know, like a lot of the, the, a lot of the online discourse that have come from these rule proposals has made me kind of, you know, like, yeah, like I, like I'm a huge folk style fan. I'm also a huge freestyle fan. I think there's a lot of benefit to, to having both. And I think the, I don't know, like, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know a lot of things, but like, I, I think I've always kind of approached, I shouldn't say always in recent years, I've, oh, I've approached the idea that like folk style and freestyle slash Greco wrestling are just two totally different sports. And we need to be okay with that. Um, and trying to mix the two as much as we might want to, um, I think we'll just, it'll ruin a folk style product. That's really, really good for one. Um, you know, but then at that point, like that's that's why I really kind of push back on the push out that people seem to desperately want so bad. Because at that point, like, okay, if you're just going to do a push out rule, you may as well just jump to full freestyle, you know, because I don't know how much a push out rule offers more action. I think it just makes it an easier thing for fans to understand. And that's probably a thing that we need to consider when we're doing a lot of these rule changes, you know, because if we want to grow it, we need to bring in casual people and make this sport very easy to understand. Um which is why, like when I explain to new people, I'm like, look, the genesis of folk style wrestling is controlling your opponent. And then we'll sit down and watch a few matches. And it's like, okay, what questions do you have? And I'll do my best to answer them. And then, you know, boom, they're hooked. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of these rule proposals are tiptoeing a little bit more around the freestyle pool, which makes me wonder if we should just consider jumping in. Um, or at least if the NCA rules committee should consider jumping in. I don't know if they ever will, though. Um, and I'm, I'm in, I'm in your camp. I'm, I'm glad that they wouldn't, at least that's the vibe that I'm getting. And so I don't know, that's, that's at least where a lot of the online discourse kind of dictated my thoughts yesterday when these proposals first came down and I don't know where to go from there, but everything, uh, my thoughts are now on the table. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I just kind of like what you were saying about the three phases, I feel like you have to be, you know, extremely well-rounded to have success at uh, folk style, and as as unpretty as the back wrestling can be at sometimes, um, I'm for you know doing things to make it more watchable, make the scoring go up, uh, you know, hit guys for stalling, whatever it is. But uh, you know, I don't want to just totally eliminate it and uh, go freestyle. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I think there, there's something to the idea about being. You know, and I think the the way I was trying to explain it to somebody was that like, you know, think of like everybody loves football. Um, you could have the best offense in football, but if your defense and special teams suck, you are not going to win a lot of games at the highest level. And so there's something the idea of being a well a well-rounded team in the same vein, like you said. There's something the idea of being enough of a well-rounded wrestler. Now you could bring you could be elite at one of, you know, top, bottom, neutral. And I mean, there, we have a lot of elite neutral wrestlers in college wrestling right now, um, which sometimes makes up for the fact that maybe they're not very good on top or maybe they don't want to be very good on top or maybe they're not very good on bottom. You know, like I, one of the examples that I thought of is like younger Bastida, for example, from Iowa State, like elite on his feet, still trying to figure out a lot of the mat wrestling stuff. He's gotten better, but he's still trying to figure it out. But he, you know, he was hurt this year, but last year he was elite enough on his feet that it didn't matter the deficiencies he had elsewhere. Um, that's, that's hard to do. Like that's really hard to do. Um, and so I don't know, I think there's, yeah, as, I mean, as somebody, I mean, we, you and I have both been in and around the sport forever. So like there is that deeper appreciation, but then, you know, I also think about, look, okay, if we're trying to grow the sport, we got to make it easier for casual fans to understand, which is kind of where I end up talking myself into circles like we're doing right now. I don't know. So, um, yeah, any, I mean, anything else to add to that before we kind of run through some of these other proposals that I think are interesting, but obviously not as big as, you know, the three point takedown review and whatnot. No, go ahead. 
Um, yeah. So these, some of these other ones, like I, I, I kind of knew about others are just kind of, I think interesting. Like here's one, for example, true placement matches now don't alter final team scores at tournaments, like uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. I didn't realize that was actually a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I never thought that true, whatever's counted for team score. So sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. I, that it, it's funny because part of me was just like, well, yeah, like if you take true second, like, shouldn't you get the true second team points? And if you, most, I mean, the difference is what two, you know um, you know, I think you swap like 12 and 10, I think if you're placing eight or something like that. So, I mean, I, I don't know, like, sure. Like how many, how many instances were there where that would have made a difference, you know? Um, another one refs can basically continue, um, they can let action continue after penalizing an illegal hold, um, which means like not requiring stoppage as long as nobody's in danger. Um, yay, nay. Yeah. I mean, that, that seems like kind of common sense. Um, I get, I don't think it's going to pop up too frequently per se, but I, you know, I assume, I don't know if he slips in a full Nelson accidentally and the guy's getting an escape at the same time. You may as well let him get his escape and his penalty point. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this seems a lot, you know, in the vein of the locked hands rule where it's like, Oh yeah, he locked his hands. Like let's, you know, let's play out this. Let's play advantage for example, yeah. for people who love yeah, soccer, like yeah. play advantage and see what happens. And so it can end up being a two point sequence and the action doesn't stop as opposed to, you know, I don't know. That's I'm for that. Um, that's yeah. Like you said, it seems kind of simple. Um, another one that was kind of interesting, sparked a little bit of discussion online. Um, five second count for waist and ankle rides will now include all situations where the top wrestler grasped the bottom wrestler's ankle. Um, I'm not sure that this part- at least the verbiage as it was explained, did not specifically include like a hooked ankle ride. Um, but generally speaking, um, man, maybe we should have included this one at the top because I, I first off, yay or nay, thumbs up, thumbs down. Sure. Thumbs up. Um, I don't know. This, this kind of reminds me of um, our current college step out rules where you, you're supposed to give a penalty point or say action. And I don't know. I feel like sometimes referees that can be the one time they're going to call st- stalling. So they don't call it whenever they see it just in general. So I don't know, call it in these situations or I don't know. Yeah. This, I, th- I feel like this just, it's another thing on the ref's plate that they have to worry about. Um, you know, at, which then leads me into a discussion or a thought of like, okay, every college match has two refs. Why not let the second ref do some of these things so that the head ref or the main ref can watch the match, right? Like that's, I don't know. Like they, I feel like, I almost feel like if you want to include something like this, like let's do something to allow the two refs to work in tandem so that like one is keeping track of one thing, the other one's keeping track of the other thing. Um, and that way they get as much of everything as they can. I don't know. Like that's, that was one of the first, like at first, yes, like thumbs up. But then I, the more I thought about it, the more it's like, dude, we're making like refs jobs are already hard. And we're just, I feel like some things like that make it harder for them, which isn't fair to them because we want a better officiating product along with better wrestling. Yeah, I, I, I laugh. Uh, I don't know when neutral danger was instituted. Uh, I don't know, about five years ago right now. Uh, when did Dean Maybe. Heil win his last yeah, national title? 
Yeah, so like uh, 2017 or 18. Yeah, yep, so, yep, it would have been the year after that. Um, I, I still feel like watching referees, there's usually like a one and a half to two second lapse between when they can start counting and when the coach is losing their mind yelling at them to count. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I should count this. And uh, so I'm thinking about, you know, just as you said, you know, one more responsibility, like, oh, I should count the ankle now. I haven't done it before. I, you know, generally don't do it before in this situation. I'll do it now. But it's still three seconds after the fact when the coach is a quarter of the way onto the mat screaming and yelling. Just like, get swipes, get swipes. And it's like, well, it's like one reaction time, two, there's a hundred other things going on in that five second span that it's like, okay, I'll finally get to, you know, that's next on the priority list. I don't know, man. Like I just, I feel, I feel for refs because they have to do so much. And then little things like this are added and it's like, let's just pile more on their plate. Like, why not? You know, that's, that's where like the idea of like allowing the team to work in tandem to ref a match, as opposed to like one, you know, basically doing 95 or 90% of the work, like it would make a rule like this, like more instantly a no brainer because then, you know, you've got two guys that are looking for things. Yeah. No, I love that idea of having a second referee, you know, in charge of the counts and stuff like that. Yeah. Just, you know, cause I, they both got whistles, you know, like they can, <laughs> Hey, that was a five count, you know, stalling, whatever. I don't know. Um, last one, I guess not last, last one. Um, two hour weigh-ins across the board. I, I think I think we're all generally in favor of this because that I I honestly man that might help especially I mean duels have been one hour for forever but like we could see some fire stuff if we give the athletes a little bit more time to recover after making weight. Yeah, I mean when uh, when coaches are able to choose weight classes now, you can kind of look at the other team and see like okay they want this guy up first or they want their guy out last because he's a big cutter so just kind of making it more level and and yeah that hopefully should increase the product and i'm sure it probably has health benefits as well yeah which which are good and then i also wonder um just like a small add-on to two hour weigh-ins everywhere um i wonder if that allows guys to like, I wonder if we'll see weight changes, you know, cause like there are some guys that will wrestle, you know, 49 over 41, for example, because, you know, it's just, it's better on their bodies a little bit, but now that you've got two hours to recover, like, do you make the cut to 41 a little bit more often, or do you feel better about doing it more regularly because you've got that recovery time before you actually have to go compete? I don't know. That was, that was another just kind of thought that was like, huh, you know, maybe may, there might be a few that do that. And then you wonder how that changes the landscape if, if, you know, enough of a whole, a high profile person does it. I don't know that another random yeah. thought that came into my head. I'm sure we're going to see, you know, a couple instances of that. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's, if it's a big, big cutter, it may not make a difference, but uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, last couple of ones on the bottom of the list, weight certification for all schools permitted to start September one. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, and then the last one, basically the facial hair rule, which, um, what allowed no longer than a half inch would be eliminated. So full beards ready to go in wrestling. Um, hooray. I'm, I'm for that because I think <laughs> some guys look pretty good. Also, we could see some postseason beards if guys decide to just not shave in March, which maybe it's because I've just been watching a lot of hockey lately, but like that, we need to do that. Um, as someone who also traffics in facial hair, I'm assuming you're agreeing with that rule. 
Yeah, no, I, well, I, I love the hockey playoff beard, so uh, that would be cool having that in wrestling. I know me personally, you're not going to see any change. <laughs> we're, we're right at the limit where I'm at right now. Um, I don't see how the guys could do it with the gigantic, like, Mike Zadek beards. Like, that's uh, that's not for me. So, but, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Why not? Yeah, let's. If you want to, go ahead. We'll we'll see what happens. We we just we need somebody to show up like Friday at the Big Ten or Big Twelve championships, freshly shaven, and then just see what it looks like by the time we get done with the NCAA championships on that Saturday. Yeah. Oh gosh, you were. I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head that I know. Like I know, uh, I know Warner had some pretty decent facial hair. He was also just growing out everything at one point. Um, you know, like that would I would that would have been like, let's, let's gauge this and see, you know, but then like, as someone who also takes forever to grow facial hair, like I would, you know, I wouldn't want to put myself through that publicly. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of time to grow this thing. And it's still not even like full in. <laughs> I, know, I know having, having the light hair, you know, when I don't know, right here for me is always, uh, yeah. Um, any other final thoughts on the on the rule proposals? Um, yeah, I think that I mean, that was mostly all of them. Um, that's, you know, I think we kind of touched on a little bit of we obviously we touched on a little bit of everything. We ran through them all. But yeah, I mean, any other final thoughts or or things to maybe think about as we, you know, now that the, you know, the proposals are out there and, you know, we I, I guess what a few months before they come to anything final. Um, I guess just. As I looked at them for the first time, you know, sometimes when you'll see these rules, you'll look at them and go, ooh, you know, I hope I hope they don't do that one. That one's terrible. You know, looking at all <laughs> of them, uh, I can see, okay, I, I understand why this makes sense. I, I'm, I'm for this. Um, you might not necessarily get that vibe from hearing me talk now because we're, we're trying to work our ways through it and trying to you know, play devil's advocate and see why this wouldn't work or how it can get gained or something like that. But um, I like it because I just at first glance on, you know, pretty much all of them, I was like, okay, that's, that seems like common sense. It seems like a, a good idea, good rationale behind these. Um, again, we're in, in past iterations of rule changes. That hasn't always been my first thought. So, um, you know, if these go through, we'll, We'll see how they play out. Maybe, you know, a year from now, we'll talk about it and say how it was the worst idea ever. But, uh, you know, coming from somebody who played baseball all my life, a gigantic baseball fan, um, baseball people are uh, very set in their ways and hate changing anything. So um, I like being, you know, having wrestling, you know, get a little more progressive and, open to changes and, uh, you know, trying to make the product better, you know, we'll, we'll have to see it out in, in play and see how it develops and see how, you know, people maybe tiptoe around them, but, uh, you know, it, it's in good spirit. I think all of them are in good spirit. hundred percent. Uh, quick reminder again, these are just proposals. Um, coaches again, have two weeks to review the proposal and submit feedback and the NCAA playing rules oversight panel meets on June 8th to discuss them further. And if any of them are passed, they will go into effect beginning with the 23-24 wrestling season. Earl, I appreciate you making the time to discuss some of these rule proposals. Um, 
Yeah, man. I, I, like, I appreciate the time and, and maybe we'll have to circle back again in June to see if any of them do pass. And, um, you know, if they do, that's going to make next season a heck of a lot more interesting. Yeah. No, th- thanks for having me on. I, I always appreciate chatting with you. And uh, yeah, if you want to do that in June, just let me know. Always appreciate chopping it up with Earl Smith. Um, can find all his work, commentary, storytelling, analysis at Intermat. Um, yeah, man, I like kind of like Earl and I went back and forth on basically that entire discussion. Not really sure exactly how we feel. We we kind of like um, you know the direction that the new rule proposals kind of want to send the sport. Um, but it's just going to kind of be really interesting to see kind of how it all unfolds, what ultimately gets voted in and how, you know, in practice, you know, what it actually looks like. Right. Um, you know, I think just an interesting, just, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. Very clearly. I'm still trying to, you know, kind of grapple with my own thoughts about how I feel about it. And, um, you know, we'll see ultimately if it results in, uh, in a better wrestling product. I think that, I think that still remains to be seen a lot of stuff in theory and on paper, um, that people are discussing right now, which, um, you know, obviously that's, that, that's part of this, right? We want to make sure that we're, we're all going in the right direction, but, um, Hey, that's all we've got today. I appreciate you tuning in. Um, might be back sometime next week before the U S open still trying to figure out what that plan will be. U S open is going to be a blast guys. Cause not only is it senior, uh, men's and women's freestyle and Greco Roman, but it's also the junior men's freestyle and Greco Roman. And as well as the, uh, um, the national championships for them, which is the first step toward, you know, junior world teams for the men's side. And then um, the cadet world team trials are next week as well. Um, so a lot of really fun wrestling coming up. Um, so we're going to try and do another podcast before we get out there. Um, not actually going to be in Vegas, going to be watching it almost exclusively remotely. Um, but there's just going to be a lot of action and hopefully we can uh, get a podcast out to get you guys kind of in line with, uh, some of the things that I'll be paying attention to, um, as the action unfolds out in Vegas. So yeah, that's kind of the rough plan. We'll see ultimately what happens until then. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe to the Des Moines register. I don't want you guys to miss a thing when it comes to our wrestling coverage this spring and summer. And you can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.